0: You're listening to the Deepening Your Practice podcast with George Haas. For more information, visit www.metagroup.org. That's www.m-e-t-t-a-g-r-o-u-p.org. So welcome everybody. This is Deepening Your Practice. Deepening Your Practice is intended as an intermediate or advanced class. And what that really means is that I'm not going to offer basic meditation instruction. I expect you already to know that. That being said, if you find that I'm talking about something and you don't understand what I'm talking about, I'm happy to answer any questions. I'm just not going to include basic meditation instruction. Um, we're, we've been slowly going through the Manual of Insight, which is a new translation of the Mahasi Sedau text on Karnika Samadhi. Karnaka Samadhi uh, is a Pali word that means momentary concentration insight practice. So it's a Vipassana practice. And we're talking about <clears throat> the four primary material elements And this is a, uh, um, in some sense, the conversation that we've been having um, lately has been uh, really what you would call the first foundation of mindfulness from the Satipatthana Sutta. Um, The first uh, foundation of mindfulness is the exploration of body-mind. And so there's a number of ways to look at uh, body-mind One of them is the four material elements. I have never really spent much time and had not sat with them at all until uh, Myanmar last year, when the Seidao took us through over a a series of days, the the four elements. And it's a a traditional way of looking at the energies in the body that is, in some sense, uh, pre-scientific. I uh, uh, I tend to like to poke my meditation teachers to see if I can get a big sense of self in them to arise. And uh, (laughs) it's a way of evaluating their spiritual maturity uh, uh, and and also uh, my spiritual immaturity. (laughs) So I was very pokey on this particular um, um, subject matter, and uh, he, he says, as he often does to me, it's just that you're Western and you have that sharp Western mind mm-hmm. um, meaning that I like things to be based in science and and, and he much prefers the, the mysticism of of um, uh, traditional Buddhism." <clears throat> um, but I did find, interestingly enough, that the meditation on the four elements was useful in the sense that it, it was unknown to me in terms of my habit of making the world, making my sense of self. and. Uh, another way of beginning to see into this understanding that there is no self, no ongoing conscious continuous experience of self, that uh, everything is impermanent and nothing lasts and uh, everything is unsatisfactory. We can experience any of the 42 parts of the body when sitting, standing, walking, or laying down. These include 20 parts that are dominated by earth element, uh, twelve dominated by the water element, four dominated by fire element, and six dominated by the air element. Each time a person touches one of these parts of the body, he or she notices it as touching, touching, and so correctly understands that the earth element is experienced by the characteristics of hardness, softness, or smoothness. The fire element is experienced by the characteristics of heat, warmth, or cold. Um, This is the first typo I found in the book, which I found really interesting too. The air element is experienced by the characteristics of firmness, stiffness, or looseness. That really should be um, the water element. And uh, the air element then is experienced by the function of movement, pushing, or pulling, and the manifestation of conveying. So if you think of the breath, for instance, the pushing and pulling of, the, uh, of the, the diaphragm and the air moving and the sense of conveyance of the air moving is the air element. Um, <clears throat> the water element uh, experienced a, as a firmness or stiffness or looseness of flow, the flow of water. The body is mostly water. Um, you know how um, when it feels loose and flows when it's swollen and feels stiff heat or cold uh, is the fire element and the earth element is the solidity Um, so anybody here spent much time examining the experiences in the body from this lens of the four elements so then it becomes this idea of translating, or for me, uh, translating the experience into these categories instead of other ways of looking at it. And so it, it was a, an enjoyable experience of a fresh way of being with similar experience, but just also at the same time creating a disidentification with it, a disfamiliaration with it. In reality, we cannot directly experience the water element with the sense of touch, but given the power of this element, we can know its true nature with mind consciousness based on bodily sensation of uh, earth, fire, and air elements that arise in conjunction with the water element. Thus, water element is understood by noting touch. The water element is experienced via the characteristics of flowing and melting. Uh, This type of sensation is experienced noticeably when sweat, mucus, or tears flow, when spitting or swallowing phlegm or saliva, or when urinating. The function of the water element is experienced by expansion or dampening. We feel it mainly when we take a bath, have a drink, and so on. The manifestation of the water element is experienced by a cohesion or holding together. Thus, every time we note a bodily sensation, we will be aware of the four primary elements. We will understand that there is no person being woman, man, or I, or mine, but only a collection of physical elements such as hardness, softness, heat, warmth, cold, tightness, looseness, moving, pulling, pushing, flowing, melting, wetness, expansion, and cohesion. This understanding is in accord with the following canonical passage. Abhiko refuse this same body, however it is placed, however disposed, by way of elements thus. In this body there are the earth element, the water element, the fire element, and the air element. Note that awareness of the rise and fall of the abdomen is naturally in accord with this Pali quote. Mindfulness of walking, bending, and other movements is also covered under this awareness of touch. However, the intention to walk, intention to bend, and so on, are awareness of of mind, so they will be explained in the upcoming sections on posture and clear comprehension." How does that sound? Um, One of the things about uh, particularly monkish um, uh, texts like these is that there's all of these layers of uh, of, uh, the possibility of investigation. And so, what we're looking for is how how do they resonate, how do they open up the possibility of seeing the thing that we want to see. Um, Tonight, what we're going to do is a meditation where we're actually going to be noting these uh, four elements. So examining the sensation as it arises, not in a way maybe that you're familiar with examining but then arriving at a conclusion that it's one of these four elements. So be really spacious and easy about this. Um, the, um, you can get it wrong, you can be late, you can miss it. These are all things that uh, are typical to Vipassana practice. Is that making sense? Ultimately, the question always arises, well, why would I do that? Um, (laughs) I think. And so we're looking for the same uh, investigations into the three characteristics. um, uh, Self and not-self in understanding that this sensation is uh, categorized as an earth element, where is the self in that? How does that make up the sense of self? In the air element, where is the sense of self? Um, in <clears throat> examining the, uh, the uh, these elements, uh, primary elements, um, Noticing the impermanence of it, the arising and passing and impermanent nature of it. Nothing lasts, and so none of these sensations last either. And the unsatisfactory nature of of sensations is still there, still possible to investigate. I'm thinking that I mis- misread the text, but you tell me what you think. Maybe there isn't a typo and that both air elements are air elements. <clears throat> Each time a person touches one of these parts of the body, he or she notes it as touching, touching, and so correctly understands that. The earth element is experienced by a, the characteristics of hardness, softness, mm. or smoothness. The fire element is experienced by the characteristics of warm, heat, and cold. The air element is experienced by the characteristics of um, firmness, stiffness, or looseness. And the air element is experienced by the function of movement, pushing, and pulling, and the manifestation of conveying. In reality, we cannot directly experience the water element in the sense of touch, But given the power of this element, we know its true nature with mind consciousness based on bodily sensations of earth, fire, and air elements that arise in conjunction with the water elements. Thus, the water element is understood by noting touch. The water element is experienced by the characteristics of flowing or melting. This type of sensation is especially noticeable when sweat, mucus, or tears flow, when spitting or swallowing phlegm or saliva, or when urinating. The function of the water element is experienced by expansion or dampening. We feel, feel it mainly when we take a bath, have a drink, and so on. The manifestation of the water element is experienced via cohesion or holding together. Any questions about that? How do you think of your practice and what is the, the goal of your practice? This text is really oriented around achieving classical enlightenment and it's pointing in all of these ways of examining the coming together of self and world in a way that would lead you to the insights that are necessary to see that. But that may not be how you've organized your practice or it may be... Uh, a goal that seems unimaginable, unimaginable or far down the road. Um, but I do think, and Mahasi is very adamant that householders can think of classical enlightenment, uh, particularly stream entry, as a, a goal that, that is practical for people who are not monastics. And so it may be some shift in your thinking about it. What, what is the advantage of, of understanding that actually there is no self? Uh, that the way that you have developed a working model of yourself with its advantages and limitations is not intrinsic and can be changed. Um, the idea that security can be achieved by uh, putting in place uh, things that you can actually hold on to and then the crisis that comes each time you notice that they don't actually last, they don't really hold, they aren't really a means of protection. Um, do you um, understand that this is a, a temporary means of transportation that you're currently living in? <laughs> <laughs> Um, one of the things that I started doing, oh, it probably 15 years ago, is reading the obits first thing in the morning. <laughs> uh, Sam Shepard died today, I don't know if you know that. And also Jean Moreau, the French actress who I adored and as a, a teenager and young man. But... Um, I'm less curious, actually, to tell you the truth about somebody who dies at 89 than I am about somebody who dies at 72. I'm 64. 72 doesn't seem that far off. (laughs) (laughs) I have a gerontologist now. Interesting. (laughs) my mother uh, turned 50, I said to her, God, what's it like to be so old?
1: <laughs>
0: and she said, well, you know, George, I don't feel that differently than I did when I was 15, which turns out to be true of me as well. I, I sort of see myself uh, eternally young, maybe that's the internal experience of, of Most of us, I have a tendency to think that it is in talking to people. He said, this doctor, to me that um, you should, at this point in your life, set your clock for 10 years. You should have a 10-year plan. And every day that you don't have a major illness, you should move it forward one day. (laughs) (laughs) But as soon as you've got a major illness, you should stop moving the clock forward. Which is, that's how you should plan for this. <laughs> it takes about 10 years, apparently, for major illnesses to get you. <clears throat> so how do we settle in this? What was the reason that we came to meditation in the first place? And what is the goal of this? And what is this, this uh, mythical freedom that we talk about in, in meditation? What is it like to be free? And what, it is, what it's like to be free is to have the experience of the present moment the way that it is without needing to filter it or change it or adjust it so that it isn't so unbearable to us. When we come to meditation, what's often so surprising is how little of the time we can actually bear to be in the present moment, and how much of the time we're in the future planning or in the past remembering what's already happened. And, and then when you examine, really, in a sort of plain way, the conditions of the present moment, they don't seem to be so awful. I mean, here we are sitting in a room, maybe it's, maybe it's too much of the fire element and we should up the A.C. So, how do you come into this uh, place where you can simply be with yourself the way that you are without needing to adjust the way that you are or to escape from the way that you are how do you come to a place where you can just totally value this person that you are that's what what this freedom is without this condemnation that so many of us are conditioned into Uh
1: so in the case of noting the elements um, say I'm feeling like sweating in my palms and then the self in that situation would be like my story around it rather than just being with the sweating of the palms
0: right How does that sound? In um, <clears throat> we get quite habituated, and these processes tend to be pretty automatic in the way that they happen. And so, um, uh, as the as the the manual has been saying over and over again, that the sensing experience itself is reliable. Uh, And the thing that we make it into is not necessarily reliable depending on how the mind state is in the moment that we make it into something. And so that we want to move from this place of simply relying on the perception of things that we come to to constantly going back and forth from the sensing experience to what we've made and in this constant back and forth we illuminate the mind state that we're in. We illuminate the filter through which we fixate or make self and world so that we can begin to notice whether there's a distortion in the process of of making the self and world. But these conditionings are so deep and they come so early uh, that we may not be able to recognize the quality of the distortion and that's really what this practice of meditation is about. This is the sensing experience, this is what I make the sensing experience into, and what is the quality of mind that's there that affects the way that I make the world, that I make the experience of myself. And if you, you often, uh, it happens so rapidly that you don't notice any of that, you just experience the world, you just experience your perception of yourself, But if you can begin to practice in a formal way to notice that in an an equanimous mind the reflection of the sensing experience in the thing that I make it into is pretty accurate and that the angry mind will distort in a particular way or the kind mind will distort in a particular way so that you learn well enough the quality of the kind of distortions that happen so that even if you miss the whole process of fixating self and world, you can recognize the quality that those mind states infuse into the creation. In the beginning of practice, of course, you're so habituated into fixating things that you just experience everything as solid and you experience (coughs) the sense of self as solid and ongoing. And so it's this pulling apart into these individual th- sensing threads that then come together and make self and world. Pulling them into the to the examination of the four elements is another way of pulling the the picture apart and looking at it in pieces and then allowing it to come back together again. Um, so in, in the next um, few weeks uh, as we go through these are there are a lot of different reflections or a lot of different ways of looking. Um, from the four elements, we, we go into um, um, how to observe thought, the mind or mental objects, Gender, nutrition, thinking, consciousness, uh, mental contact, feeling, perception, mental formations, um, how to uh, note uh, general activities. So maybe a a good question for you is, do you you need to go into that much detail? Is that something that's of interest to you as we move through? Or do you want to go faster? Uh, What do you think? In um, the Satipatthana Sutta, there's long lists of, of things. For instance, in uh, bending or stretching, and carrying or wearing, eating or drinking, and defecating or urinating, and walking, standing, sitting, falling asleep, waking, speaking, and keeping silent, and appearance and disappearance, and so on. All different angles to watch and look at, and and and. Uh, understand uh, how to pull apart and put together again, experience in the hopes that in the doing of that, you'll begin to see deeply into these three characteristics. Um, Or to do a general practice. What do you think? Okay, so let's do um, a meditation on the four elements. (coughs) So rather than note anything else, we're just going to note whether it's earth, uh, fire, water, or air. Do you remember the descriptions of each of these? (laughs) <laughs> and and uh, let's do this lightly and have fun. What do you think?
1: <laughs>
0: Each time a person touches one of these parts of the body, he or she notes it as touching, touching, and so correctly understands that the earth element is experienced via the characteristic of hardness, softness, or smoothness. So if you are noticing hardness, or softness, or smoothness, then you would note earth. The fire element is experienced with the characteristics of heat, warmth, or cold, so that if you're noticing temperature, then you would note uh, uh, fire. The air element is experienced as firmness, or stiffness, or looseness. And is experienced as, the, as movement, pulling, pushing, the manifestation of conveying. So if your attention is drawn to the breath in any way, then that would be air. Maybe you would notice the air on the skin. That would be something to notice as air element, the conveyance or the movement. Um, in reality, we cannot directly experience the water element in the sense of touch. But given the power of this element... We can know its true nature with mind consciousness based on bodily sensations. Um, So, uh, sweat, mucus, tears, spitting, swallowing, phlegm, saliva, when urinating, water element. Mm -hmm. So where do you put um sort of somatic uh, expansion, contraction, flow, as Shinsen would use the term, flow in the body. Where it maybe depends the on the nature of it. Air element. And I uh, maybe put pr- the pressure the chair
1: back on my back, that's earth. Earth, yeah. But, but those kind of, all that, whether it's visual flow or, 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 you know, feel, what Shinsen would call feel flow, that would be, would consume more air. Right. Movement.
0: So how was that? Oh, it was a trip. (laughs) (laughs) And which element is a trip?
1: (laughs) The last minute I was like acutely aware of my skeleton. Oh. And it was Earth.
0: Uh Uh-huh. That was kind of tripping me out. (laughs) I was acutely aware of lower back pain. <laughs> that was earth. <laughs> I, I, do, I do find it an enjoyable practice, having not done much of it. There's a kind of um, curiosity about what category it should be. I really had strong flow in the body and that felt just like water moving. But then the internal visual thinking experience was very air-like. So who's going to abandon all of their other practices and devote themselves to this? (laughs) You all have sharp western minds. (laughs) I, I label that air one of the things about sitting with the seado is you could say ask him a question what is that and he would have a definitive answer for you um, and I, I can do that with see here feel because I've done so much of see here feel but I, I don't have that with this So this is deepening your practice deepening uh, so I'm always going to be advocating ways for you to deepen your practice and one of those ways is to go on retreat. Um, we have a, a retreat coming up in December. It's an 11 day retreat at the Seven Circles um, Retreat Center in the Sierra Nevadas. So uh, we're, we're excited that There might be the possibility of snow at the retreat center. (laughs) Um, I decided to to take my retreats vegan, so we're going to have vegan food as well. I think it's a good uh, subject to talk about in terms of um, just the impression I get that we're going to basically cause the extinction of the human race so that we can have cheap hamburgers. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, Maybe that might be something to look at. Um, We also offer intensives here. uh, We're going to begin uh, the Meaningful Life uh, Level 1 intensive. uh, We have been offering these classes in 10 month or nine month intensive versions um, at one level that you took over and over again. Um, uh, we've decided to organize them around different levels of training. So the first level of of training is primarily informational and technique-oriented. So to give you the basics of what uh, attachment theory is and how it operates, and then relate it to Buddhist practice, and then also teach a a, a, um, series of meditation strategies that we use to shift uh, insecure attachment in the direction of secure attachment. Uh, we're going to offer in March of next year the second level training. The second level training is really focused on repair, looking at how to uh, understand what your attachment strategy is and applying the techniques in a way to shift your uh, strategy toward earn secure One of the things that's gonna happen in the second level of training that we've actually never offered before is the uh, idealized parent figure protocol which was developed by Dan Brown at at Harvard, which is a way of, uh, it's actually a modification of the Mahamudra technique from Tibetan practice, which is the deity practice where you visualize the deity. Here you're visualizing an ideal parent figure so that you can begin to move uh, out of the attachment disturbance your actual conditioning caused into a working model of yourself and a working model of other people that is more secure. So that each of the the classes in the second level of training will have uh, a IPF uh, uh, practice at the end of the class for half an hour. The third level of training is going to be organized around actually Maybe one way to think about it is the second level of training is to move your current relationships into a more secure way of being, so learning the skill set of secure attachment. The third level of the training is to go in and do the deep work of uprooting the habitual way of being in relationships so that you can shift to automatically responding uh, in, in a more secure way. And that's um, also... Um, using the mindfulness uh, techniques that we've developed in those systems but adding to that a personalized IPF protocol um, in the IPF protocol the there's a general way of practicing it which is intended to idealize a, a, a or to visualize an ideal parent the second uh, uh, level of the training is organized around um, creating the Habitual expectation of being treated well That some of us don't have uh, Because of our conditioning and so that the mind begins to look for people who treat you well and, and Resists of not being treated well. This is something that if you didn't have that conditioning you won't do automatically and then the third level of training is actually to look at what happened to you in your conditioning and create specific antidotes to the the circumstances of your individual uh, childhood. So those are the things that we're beginning. But we are starting on Wednesday a new level one training and there's a flyer out there if you wanna take a look at it uh, uh, as something to begin. The level one training is required to do the other levels of training, although you could pick the other levels of training that you wanted to do. The classes here are offered on a dhāna basis. Dhāna is the Pali word for generosity. So it is a practice of generosity that we take on for ourselves. It is meant to open the heart uh, to uh, yourself, but also to other people. The suggested dhāna here is $20, so we've kind of crunched the numbers and we know that that's the, the amount of money that would be useful to take in so that we can continue offering the teachings Um, There's a bowl out there that you can put cash in, and I can also take credit cards. But what we want you to do is examine what actually is generous for you so that if $20 doesn't mean that much to you because you're really well-resourced, then consider giving (laughs) at a level that's uh, uh, useful for that. If $20 seems like a good amount, do that. If it's too much, really do consider uh, where you're at and, and, and give at a level that's generous um, if you're not resourced at all, also understand that we welcome you to come, and we as a community will provide the space for you. But each time you come, do make that consideration and consider giving something. Um, I also have some bracelets out there as transitionary objects if you want. Take them as you will. And,
1: mm-hmm. Two things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, being contemplated in impermanence. So infinite joy in impermanence. Mm-hmm. Whether it's joy with and having joy and joy with knowing that pain ends. Right? right. And then that compared to when we're doing our element training and we focus on earth and the more that we focus at Earth is truth, just the fact that we're sitting and you remove the ego. At what point do impermanence and no self kind of just it's almost cancelling each other out, yes. Yeah? At some point because then Even joy is attached to some portion of ego, yeah, or the self, because it comes from a place.
0: We would have to have one to experience it.
1: Mm -hmm. So we have to experience it first before we, like, let it go.
0: Well, we'd have to fixate it into joy in order to know that's what it is, Mm -hmm. but then that doesn't last either.
1: Right. Right. But isn't that in itself like joyful? Uh, it can be. You know, it's almost like there is a, it's almost an equation for infinite meta, right? If you see joy within having joy, then see joy knowing that even pain ends. Right. So it's almost joy, 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 joy. joy. If you allow yourself to you feel safe in that, right?
0: Right. That's all. Okay.
1: <laughs> See you.